0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. Welcome back, everybody. Today is Saturday, June 30th. Um, I was prepared to do this one on time, had my shit together, I was home, and then I realized that there were problems with iTunes and everything, but uh, problem being worked on and solved today. So we will be back to um, our regularly scheduled end of the week thursday friday saturday ish but it'll usually be on fridays that's that's the goal um i never realized how much like anything else uh the business part of things is the hard part Uh, the actual creating of the show and talking about it and and enjoying it uh is easy it's almost like comedy getting on stage doing what you do on stage that's the fun part that's what we do it's all the other business bullshit that comes into it that um makes things difficult. Same thing with the podcast, but we're back up and uh, I'm working on anything. Not your guy's problem, is it? No, you just want to hear the shit and that's what we're going to do for you. Um, So Saturday, June 30th, you guys are listening to episode 67. I did take a week off. I had a bunch of things going on. And, um, you know, with flying and traveling and, and all kinds of different family things and business things, um, I thought, hey, listen, don't want to rush it, don't want to half-ass it. You people, as you know, deserve better than that. So I said, you know something, I will let the Versey Effect loyalists catch up. So hopefully you guys have been catching up and uh, you guys could download this thing for free on iTunes. we got to do something with that uh, soon, but it'll be all ready to go. Uh, it'll be all ready to go by today. So, let's get into it. We've got a lot to talk about. Got to make up for a week. Um, uh, the last I spoke, I, I had a day or so left in Atlanta, which uh, went awesome. You know, Atlanta was great, really smart crowds, great people, and um, truly one of the best clubs in America. I had a great time working with a legendary comedian who I grew up watching as a little kid. And uh, you know, to to not only perform with him, but to go out and you know eat dinner with him and talk to him and and just just you know listening to stories about celebrities and he doesn't give a shit. He'll go on stage. He went on stage and he just started shitting on celebrity comedians that, and it was fucking great because he he just said how it is. So that's the one thing about Don Herrera. He um, he'll say exactly what he feels. Check him out. I think he's going to be in an upcoming movie too. Um, I heard rumors that they're doing *Raging Bull* too, and Rare is in it. Now I don't know if that's true, but you guys could check that out. Um, we actually had an issue that I, it was really bothering me, so I wanted to talk about this real quick. First time ever in the 12 years that this ever happened to me, um, but and thank God we were friends beforehand because it, it looked it looked bad for me. But then afterwards, things got cleared up. But um, yeah, there was a little tension there between me and my friend Dom Herrera. I'll tell you guys exactly what happened. Um, And now we're going to get into a shitload of stuff here. We're going to talk about, you know, I got to talk about my uh, wrong prediction with Oklahoma City. Got to congrats to the Miami Heat. Uh, I saw one of the funniest movies of all time. I'll talk about that, I got some plugs, upcoming shows, we'll, uh, we're even going to get unacceptable in here today, uh, so it's going to be a, uh, this is going to be a full-fledged, full-packed Verzi Effect podcast show, so hopefully you loyalists are smiling right now, the Verzi Effectors out there are going to enjoy this one, um, I owe it to you, I'm making up, I will make up what you have missed, Okay. I am uh, very sorry, and uh, I will try to make those weeks off so far and few between that uh, we won't even remember them. How about that? Nah, fuck it. What am I gonna do, dude? If I got business shit going on, you people are gonna wait? Just download it and listen to the shit. Plus, you didn't listen to 67 episodes. Let's be honest. If you listened to 67 episodes, if you listened to every Verzi Effect podcast, I want you to email me, and I will send you. I will send you a T-shirt. I will send you. The official, the first ever TVE Verzi Effect Podcast t-shirt. I will send it to you if you've listened to everyone. And yes, I will trust you and believe you. So, well actually I can't do that. But I think I would know who would be bullshitting or not. So email me and I'll try to go through the emails and find out who's bullshitting. But if I find, to, to come to find out that you really did, I will send you a t-shirt. Okay? I got medium. I got large. And for you fat bastards, I got double X. Uh if you're at Triple X, I can't help you. And nor am I p- spending money for that much fabric because you can't close the refrigerator at 2:30 in the morning. All right, anyway, I'm going to get into this Dom Herrera story. So, um the last shows on Saturday at the Punchline in Atlanta are three shows. Um and that is a 6, 8 and, and 10 and I didn't talk about this on, on the podcast, but I'm going to talk about it now. I didn't talk about anything about this on the last one, and this never happened to me before, but me and Dom Herrera are, are friends. I've worked with Dom in, in Jersey. Um, I've worked with Dom. I mean, I've, I've opened for Dom many times, and you know, he's we go out, we talk basketball. He's a basketball guy. I love the NBA now. I'm back in the NBA the past few years, as you guys know, So, and Dom played basketball and I play basketball, pick up basketball, so we we, you know we get we get along. We have a lot in common. He's Italian, I'm Italian. We joke about things, his sense of humor, the people that he grew up with. I totally get. So, um, anyway, there's a little green room next to the stage, in Atlanta. Tiny little green room, literally directly. So you walk through the crowd, you go through this little door, and you're in this green room with a leather couch and drinks and a TV, and you're sitting in there, and you're literally. Three feet from the stage. So when they announce your name, you just walk out uh, of the curtain and there's the crowd. And that's where obviously the comedians walk when it's their time to go up. Now, um, the third show, Saturday, was the last show and they were kind of like nonchalant with the light. Like, ah, you know, do what you want to do. Go out there. Just have fun. Just rock it. I don't know what that means. Either way, you still got the show, still has to be a certain amount of time. So, and I'm doing a bunch of new material there. So I go on stage and I'm doing my set. And I'm like 20 minutes in, 25 minutes in. And I get no light. I'm looking up at the balcony. I'm looking in the back. Nobody's giving me a light. So I'm saying to myself, damn, am I rushing? Am I rushing my act? Like what the fuck is this? Is this? Am I rushing because I'm trying to fit too many things in? Am I trying to get all the new material in? and, and some of the other stuff, and, you know, maybe I'm just trying to do too fast to, to get it all in there, why am I not getting the light, what's going on, but the thing that was really bizarre about this was, this was the last show on Saturday, so we already had like five, six shows, and I, I knew everything that was going on, so it was really, really weird, I'm not getting the light, I'm not getting the light, so finally, as I'm doing my act, and I'm looking for the light in the back, which never comes, I see Dom leave the green room and walk out. And that's when I knew, fuck, I'm going too long. And he's just not going to sit there and wait. He's either going to go to the bathroom or something. or So I'm like, shit. So I finish up my last joke. And I get off stage. And nobody says nothing to me. I go in the back. Place is packed. Dom comes on stage. and Dom starts doing his act. And a couple minutes into his act... He says, yeah, and I'd like to thank uh, Paul Versey for going ten minutes over, treating me like a, fucking, like a fucking nobody back here or something he said. And he was just like, Jesus, it's the last show or something. And he was like half joking, but I know that if a comedian mentions something about another comedian on stage, there's a point to it, there's a message to it. I knew that. I knew he didn't like it, and I knew he was upset. And I knew that he, you know, it was the last show and whatever. So I'm back there and I'm going, shit, man, I never got the fucking light. Then the people at the club felt bad because they knew that they didn't give me a light. So how can I know? I was used to getting a five-minute light. Few people that don't even know what the hell I'm talking about, which I'm sure you do if you listen to this, but... Um, a comedian will tell the comedy club, give me a light when I have two minutes left. Give me a light when I have five minutes left. Give me a light when I have one minute left. Depending on the comedian, um, just however they like to do it, they know you know, know and they know how to get to the minute. They know how to get to the two minutes, five minutes, whatever. So usually what I'll say is if I'm doing 30 minutes, I'll say give, give me the light at 25. If I'm doing 45 minutes, give me the light at 40. Usually I'll take a five minute light. I never get it. They knew it. And they kind of felt bad that Dom said something. Not because Dom said it, but because they knew that I I felt fucked up. Because now I look like a dick to this, you know, legendary comedian who, you know, I want to continue. I mean, listen, I headline now. And I headline rooms all over the country. But when I do open or feature, I like it to be for guys that, you know, are like... You know, at a at a much higher, you know, either legendary comedians like Adam Herrera, you know, obviously I open for Bill Burr all the time, um, you know, just guys like that, that guys that you watch and you could learn from, and and not that you can't learn from other comedians that that, that close, but you know, guys that are just really, really twenty something years in and and really doing it the right way and gotten to a level in their career. That's who I like to middle for because I, I you know, you constantly want to keep learning, you constantly want to keep getting better. So when I'm not headlining, I like to work with guys like that. Now I got this guy up there saying, you know, that he was upset that I went over. And I find out from the host. The host goes, yeah, he was kind of pissed in the green room. He was just basically saying, come on, Paul. It's the last show, you know, Saturday. So I'm going, shit, dude, I never got a light. This sucks. I never got the light. So I'm up there and I'm feeling bad. I don't want this guy. And I would never disrespect this guy. I don't disrespect anybody, you know, Anybody, I would never do that, you know, I I, I pride myself on being a, a, a professional, I've never had any comedian ever, in the 12 years I've been doing comedy ever really talk about, you know, how long I went, um, so afterwards, he gets off stage, and I don't know what to say to him, and some people are like, ah, oh, don't even say anything, just let him, I'm like, no, I'm not going to not say, I'm not the type of person to just be like, ah, oh, I'm going to let it go, like, I'm not going to not say something to him. You know, I mean, we've been going. We went to, we went out for meals together. We were talking together. So I'm just not gonna ignore it. You know, and he had some family and friends there coming out to the show. So he was hanging with them. So I waited, and then finally he walked up to the bar, and I'm like, you know, fuck this. I'm not gonna ignore this. I'm not gonna be a fucking girl about this. I'm just gonna walk up to him and talk to him. So I walked up to him and I said, Dom, I just want to let you know, man. Um, I actually grabbed him by the shoulder. Like I went right for the fucking. I went right for the honest straight up like Italian fucking affection, and I would never disrespect you type thing, and I just said to him, I go, look, dude, I would never, I would never disrespect you like that, I did not get a light, I promise you, I'm saying to myself, holy shit, are you rushing your act, why is there no light coming, and I would never disrespect you like that, and he goes, ah, you know what, and I go, no, I never got a light, and all of a sudden, he goes, oh, me neither, he goes, I didn't get a light either. He goes, you know, I just made sure I did my 45. And someone goes, no, oh, you did an hour. And he goes, what? They go, yeah, you did 15 minutes over too. And he goes, yeah, because I didn't get a light. So I was like, yeah, the same thing happened to me. I said, you know, like I said, Dom, I, if if I was thinking to myself, uh, since I'm doing new material, am I rushing my act? I don't know why, but I didn't get a light, and I would never disrespect you like that, and I'm sorry. And I said, and I know you're you're Sicilian like I am, which means you'll never forget. And he turns to me and he looks, and he goes, never. And he goes, no, no, it's it's fine, it's over. And he goes, and by over, I don't mean we'll never work together again. I mean that the whole thing is over. So I felt better about that. And then the funny thing, we were we, we were in the Hilton, and I went downstairs to get a snack all hours of the night, like to get a water and a snack. And who do I see strolling down the fucking hallway but him? And he looks at me and he goes, oh, there he is. He goes, what, are you in my room? He was calling the snack room his room because he always goes there. And he put up some snacks and... Uh, you know, we were talking and I was like, you know something? I got your two bags of fucking potato chips. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we had a good thing. And I said, listen, I just want you to know I apologize again. And he just said, it's over. It's fine. So that, that was the little thing. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I never do shit like that. And I know comedians that do. I know comedians that don't give a shit who they're working with. They're going to go over. They're going to get their time in. They're going to be selfish. It's really unprofessional. It makes people not want to work with you. You do your time. If you're told to do 25 minutes, you do 25. You're told to do 30, you do 30, and you get off. And I'm usually, people have said I've been perfect with time. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm one of these people. Someone said I was 12 seconds off the mark once, 30 seconds off the mark. I mean, that's the way, like, that's the way I like to do it. And this one night it didn't work out that way, and uh, I guess I'm basically blaming the club for not lighting. But I don't know if that's a thing that they do late night Saturday. I don't know what the hell happened. But anyway, that was Atlanta. Crowds were great, and um, oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you guys something about about Atlanta. I had a woman. Okay, this is this is how scary sometimes this business could be, as far as what people think of celebrity or what people think of people in show business I had a lady come up to me after the sh- after a show in Atlanta i right I'm gonna give you guys some because some people say oh yeah like what's it like you know with women on the road and you know knowing you're married okay now I talk about my wife on stage I talk about my kids on stage everything in my life everything real in my life I'll talk about Okay, whether it's dark, whether it's fucking anything. And I like to be as truthful as possible. So, there's a woman next to the stage. And she's staring at me, like, almost angrily. But then occasionally she's, like, laughing at me. And she's just kind of looking at me up and down. And I don't know what the hell is going on. After the show, as I was telling... The person who was working the sound and the door at the comedy club. Hey man, that woman was just staring at me. I get a pat on my back or like somebody hit my shoulder and it was the woman. And she's like, yeah, you know this is the second time I came this week. She goes, yeah, but don't... don't." She says something like, don't say that loud or something like that. Or don't say that out loud because I think she came with somebody else. Anyway, make a long story short. I never in my life was basically... Given a layup from a woman, that blatant about hey, what are you doing tonight? Where are you going? What's going on? And I literally said, oh yeah, I'm going to New York. I'm going back home tomorrow. And she rolls her eyes like, oh, you're going home tomorrow. Uh. And then it just got to the thing where I was like, hey, yeah, you know, follow me, support me, get me on, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, like, you know, just talking comedy. And she goes, uh, <laughs> she said something like. Yeah, here's my number. How about you just call me and then we'll hook up. And she just gave me a look. And it was just like the dude she was with was standing right there. And he was disgusted. He was fucking disgusted. He was just like, are you... Like, it was one of the most... That happened to me one time in Pittsburgh, too. A girl, like, put her hands on my chest and my stomach going, Oh, my God, we're going to the bar across the street. We'd love for you to come. And some big boyfriend's just staring at me like he wants to kick the shit out of me. You know? Um... I don't know, it was just fucking, it was nuts, this girl was just, it was such a blatant, and I was just like, holy shit, like, what happens if I had a little fame, what happens if, 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 if uh, I get a little famous, you know, how the fuck do these people do it right in front, it's amazing to me how people care about celebrity and stuff, um, you know, so, anyway, I paid for a cab afterwards, no, I'm just kidding, um, okay, so that was the Atlanta thing, though. It was nuts. People were great. Girls throwing themselves at me, me telling them no, because that's the type of guy I am. Um, <laughs> and and uh, just what could I say? One of the top ten comedy clubs in America. If you're in that area, go, go to the punchline. Okay. That is uh, that. Then I came home, folks, and I unfortunately had to deal with... Um, really can't even talk about it. Unfortunately, I can't talk about it. But let's just say that there's a business thing going on with me and, and my managers. And um, it was tough. It was hard. It, it was, um, I don't know anything yet. But it, just something on the business aspect of this um, was was kind of going through, you know, just going on a up and down with something that was just driving me nuts. But I want to tell you guys this, okay? Um, I've praised my management on here. Okay, and my management, you know, we've gotten into it a couple of times, you know, it's a business, even though we're cool and everything, you know, I need my career to go a certain way, they need, you know, their business to go a certain way, we work together, we work for, you know, we work to to get to a certain level, people make money, it's a business, and I, and I understand that, but... I just gotta say, man, something happened really cool, and and I just want people to know that you know when they say managers and agents or could be scumbags and they lie. Listen, they have to protect their clients, and if sometimes that means, you know, they can't be one hundred percent truthful like right away. That's gonna happen occasionally, just because what they try to do is protect their clients. But something happened the other night where I was just kind of really down about something going on. Now I have. Some really positive, great things in the works, and you keep working to get that shit done, and you keep working to, to write shows, and you keep working to, to just get everything that you know you want to do, you work at. You set goals, you get it done. Of course, things don't always work out. It's not a perfect world. Some things fall through. Now, not that this thing fell through, but things were being really difficult with it. I didn't understand. I wanted answers, and I'm talking to my managers, and my manager, Chris Italia, knows that I'm, I'm down. I'm fucking down. I met him in White Plains. We went to eat. And um, I was just fucking not happy. So then I kind of let it go. And then the next day, it really started bothering me. Like, you ever think that you could handle something or you could take something and you take it in and it's just sitting in your gut? You're like, ah, shit. You know, you can't stand it. But you're like, I'll be able to deal with this. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 but this isn't right. Fuck that. And then it starts to fester and it starts to eat at you. That's what was happening. This is a type of manager that I have. My manager is management company. CH Entertainment. Open in the Stand Comedy Club, baby. 20th and 3rd. New York City. Open in the end of July. I hope you guys saw that promo clip. Promo clip uh, was pretty cool, man. And uh, it was cool to be in that promo clip with uh, all those guys, man. Burr and Artie Lang and, you know, Robert Kelly and... Uh, you know, J- Judah Friedlander, um, Nick Cannon, all those guys, man, that that are going to be coming down working at at New York Comedy Club, Joe Maddarise, and all of them. So, um, come down to that. My managers got a lot of stuff, and and they still manage to do the right thing. And I'll give you, and, and this is the example. So the next night after I'm still kind of upset and down about something that's uh, going on in, in in my career, you know. My manager's like, hey, how's everything all right? How's everything going? It's midnight, okay? It's midnight. And the stupid competitive person I am, even though positive things are going on, this one thing is just fucking eating at me. And my manager's like, why? Just let it go. It's 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 all going to work out. If that thing is going to work out. Just let it go. And I'm like, ah, fuck, I'm upset. So my manager goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm stewing in anger right now. Pissed off, really down. Don't know what to do. I was taking the shit out at home, like not on my family, but like they could just totally see. Like I just I, and basketball, my basketball league or nights, whatever you want to call it. That's not there, so I, I didn't have that. I couldn't even go and play ball because that's that's stopped until September. So I'm just like I got all this fire in me and I don't know what to do. I'm not getting on stage this night. It was a fucking nightmare. I was just I was sitting. I thought I was just gonna blow up and combust. And it's midnight, and my manager goes, where are you? And I go, I'm home. And he goes, what are you doing tonight? And I go, nothing. I go, I'm going to do some writing, and then I'm going to go to bed. He goes, let's meet up. It's midnight, okay? He's in New York City. I'm in Westchester. He goes, let's meet up. Meets me at 1230 at night, sits down. We go out. We went to a movie. I saw Prometheus again, by the way, for the second time in IMAX. It was awesome. Um, And just talked to me. And he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, I know what you're going through and this is part of it and I just don't want my client going through this alone and that's why I came here. And I was like, wow man, like that's, that's unbelievable. Like he just didn't want his client to feel down and now I'm totally cool with it. I totally got perspective on it. We got some great things in the works. And my management team is doing the right thing by me, and I know that. And it's really great to um, to know that. There's a fucking weed whacker going on in the background of this podcast right now. But anyway, um, so I just wanted to say that um, my management is uh, really, really good dudes, man. They keep their word, and, and when they say that they got you on the radar for something or they're going to work for you with something, they, they, they really do. Regardless of their other clients, they really make, like, individual efforts for each client, and, um, I hope every comedian out there can one day get management where they truly trust and like and know that the right thing will be done and, and that the good intentions and the right intentions for their client are there, and And that was really meant a lot to me, so I don't know, you know, Chris Italia, Dave Kimowitz, I don't even know if you guys are going to listen to this. They don't fucking listen to this podcast, but, um... If they do or if you do listen to this or if somebody passes along to you I just want to say that that was pretty fucking serious that to do that for me and um, to just regardless of what it happens in the situation, uh, whether favorable for me or not, just the fact that you wanted to be there in my corner with me and um, you know means a lot so so thank you it was really really cool and uh, you know. I could see Chris Italia going, all right, dude, stop being a fucking pussy. You got to... All right, what else do we have to talk about here? Um, other stuff... Other stuff we have to talk about is going to be... Um. Well, you know, I'm not going to say it's Eaton Crow. Basically, the Miami Heat um, did what I thought that they couldn't do. I really thought that Oklahoma City figuring out how to beat the San Antonio Spurs... And listen, I'm, hey, it fucking happens. I picked the the Lakers series even, to the game. I picked the Spurs series even when they were down 0-2 to the Spurs. I picked the Spurs series to the game, and they beat them in six. I said that. I said that they were going to win in OKC against the Heat in seven. What I did not realize was the lack of inexperience that OKC had on the road. James Harden, I hate to shit on that guy, the guy with the beard, but he did not show up. Unbelievable amount of turnovers for the Oklahoma City Thunder in the fourth quarter of that game, uh, in many of those games, actually. And, uh, you know, LeBron James, uh, triple-double, you can't knock that. I mean, I will say that he played a little pressure-free because it was a blowout. And people are like, oh, I guess LeBron James proved you wrong. Uh, LeBron James proved everybody wrong. Here's the thing about that, okay, and I'm not trying to be a dick. They won the championship. LeBron's got a ring. I picked Oklahoma City, I was wrong. I was one I was one series wrong in the playoffs and I and I'll admit that, okay? But LeBron James still to this day has not shown me that he's got ice in his veins to seal a game as a matter of fact in the fourth quarter of that game, he still didn't put up great numbers. Now, his passing, I've actually never seen a guy pass like this in big moments. He actually is could be Magic John. I'm not even kidding around. This guy can pass. He should be a point guard. He can pass unbelievably. He, he really can do everything on a basketball court. There's nothing he can't do. But the one thing that I still think he does not have is that absolute ice in his veins to knock down a huge three. And I know he did that one with the ankle, but come on, man. After that, he shot an air ball, and he limped off a little too much. You know, he's milking that shit a little bit. But I don't think he's the guy to just... Like, remember seeing Jordan and Kobe in the fourth quarter go like eight for nine in the fourth quarter of a big playoff game? Like, just like, how is this... Like, that's when you see the greatness. And with LeBron... You see him go to the rack, you see him go to the foul line, but he just like, they were actually giving him excuses. Like, well, he made those foul shots in the fourth quarter and he did hit that one shot. They talked about two shots the guy made in the finals, the one off the glass in Oklahoma City in game two and that the uh, the three-pointer he hit when his leg hurt. But it's like, watch Kobe. Kobe be three four feet behind the three-point line and hit a huge shot with a guy in his face in like a minute left in the fourth quarter, always, consistently. So maybe this will give LeBron James confidence to do that. And I will congratulate him. He's got a ring. He played great. Triple-double. And uh, he definitely silenced some critics. But I still don't see that Derek Jeter, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, killer instinct in the fourth quarter. Really, truly wanting the ball. Wanting it. Not just taking the shot because people say, but demanding the ball and wanting to be the guy that wins or loses with it. Maybe this ring, maybe this ring will give it to him. Okay, maybe, you know, now that he's got the ring and he's got the monkey off of his back, maybe next year he comes out and he's like, yeah, watch what I do in this fourth quarter because it's almost like he's playing with house money next year. Maybe that happens. But they won. What can you do? All you could do is hope the Knicks win two playoff games next year if you're me, which is really fucking sad. How much does that suck? Okay. Um, What else going on in sports? Oh, okay. I gotta. I have to talk about uh, something that's, you know. I gotta. I gotta go at my friend Bill Burr here. Enough is enough. Bill Burr went at me. Bill Burr went at me on his podcast, one too many times. People. <laughs> he, now he he actually didn't trash me. He he didn't trash me. You know, that bad. But I, I'm sticking with this one. Okay. As you guys know, I like to call shit. That's what sports fans do. Okay, that's, that's what's fun for sports with me. Not just watching it and seeing what happens, but you like to watch talent. You like to go, this guy, I'm telling you, this guy can be a guy that puts X amount of numbers up. This guy can be a guy, oh, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Oh, this team's going to the playoffs. I bet you, dude, this team's going to the playoffs in a year. Okay, that's what I do. I like to do that. I think that that's fun with sports. Now I'm gonna talk about this shit now, and I'm sticking to my guns because I know. And I just got a text, which I didn't tell, I didn't give, I didn't tell Bill the text, because I know if I told him the text, he would do this. He would listen to the fu- he would listen to the text or read the text, and then he'd call me up and he would go, "But Paul, you know, you say this? The guy's a fucking blue chip. The guy's this Robinson Cano has been my guy. This is what happened with Robinson Cano." Okay, and I've talked about him. I've tweeted about him. People must say, "What the fuck is this kid's deal with Robinson Cano?" I'm going to tell you right now, what my deal with Robinson Cano is, okay, my deal with Robinson Cano is the kid came up from the from the minor leagues, and nobody, and I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about Yankee fan diehard Yankee fans that I know, nobody really knew about him because he played at Triple A Columbus, I think, and he also played for the Staten Island Yankees. He was kind of one of those guys who was just all around the farm, you know, just waiting for an opening. An opening came, and he came up. Now, the big blue-chip Yankee prospect was Phil Hughes. Phil Hughes was somebody, Brian Cashman, saying, we're never trading this guy ever. We're never going to trade him. He, you know, they're, they're comparing him. He's the next Clemens, all this stuff. Phil Hughes was the guy. Now, this kid Robinson Cano comes up. I noticed that he's got this... Really cool, fluent swing. He's standing there, lefty. And I just see him like slapping singles and doubles all over the field like his first couple of weeks. And they're like, wow, this young kid, man, he's doing well. You know, who knows how long this is gonna last? It was one of those things. It wasn't like, and I remember, I remember a pitcher. I, I think it was a pretty, pretty big name pitcher. I can't remember who it was. I don't know. It wasn't against the Red Sox, and it was at Yankee Stadium, So, but I can't remember what it was. But I remember it was a pretty, it was a good pitcher. It was, it was a solid pitcher, and Cano was up there. And I remember looking at him, and he had this look in his, in, he just had this look like he truly didn't give a fuck who was pitching to him. Like, he didn't. It was like, it, it was like almost wiggling a, a wiffle ball bat, and he's standing there. And he just slapped the single up the middle from this guy like it was nothing. And I go, that's when I go, there's something different with this guy. There's just, this guy is is got something. So, first time I ever called up the fan, the radio station, and this was when Mike and the Mad Dog were on the air. This is when Cano just came up from the minors. And I called up and Mike and the Mad Dog, and I said, you know, guys, is it just me or does this kid Robinson Cano stand up to the plate and make it look easy and look like he doesn't care? And, you know, Francesa was like, no, no, he looks real good and, and this and that. He, he looks, you know, serious. Maybe it was more than two weeks, but it was right when he right when he came up. So, you know, I knew that it was like, wow, this could really come back and bite you because it's so it's so early. But I, I never saw anything like it. Then all of a sudden, he starts to kill it. Then he starts to kill it. And he has this great year. And I'm like, man, I, I knew this guy was going to be good. Then he has uh, the down year when Melky Cabrera was there and they were living in the same building. And I, I found out through some people... Uh, some really good sources, even Yankee sources, that him and Melky were going out and, uh, you know, 23, 24-year-old kids on the New York Yankees living in the same building and, like, the women was a big deal for them. So uh, that's that's what he was doing. And then the Yankees were like, fuck this, we're shipping Melky out of here. But always, always rumors of Cano getting traded to... The uh, you know the twins he was in like every trade rumor you know because nobody knew what he was gonna nobody knew what he was gonna be and it fell through for the Yankees luckily it fell through for the Yankees and then he just started to go nuts now I did say and buy into holy shit this guy can be like the next Rod Carew I did say that because I bought into that because they were like that whole relaxed thing that I was talking about was, I guess, something that, like, he kind of, they said, looked like him. He had this relaxed swing like Rod Carew. Terry Francona, who was managing the Red Sox at the time, was like, this kid looks ridiculous. You know, Joe Torre, A-Rod, all these guys are like, man, this this guy's really fucking good. And then he just blows up to become a superstar. Now, of course, me calling him early, I start going nuts. I'm texting Bill Burr. I'm calling, you know, Bill, dude, you see what this guy did? Ah, this guy's shitting on Fenway Park. This guy's got a 360 average, one of the best Yankee averages at Fenway Park all the time. This guy's shitting on you guys. So obviously Bill starts getting annoyed. Bill starts paying attention. But the one thing Bill has always said, which I will always disagree with, okay, is you didn't call he's a blue chip. It's easy to call. Yeah, it's like calling a Heisman Trophy winner. All this bullshit. No, no, fuck that. This was early, and I didn't know who Robinson Cano was. And that's the truth. So I don't give a fuck. You could trash me. You could say whatever you want. Anybody. You know? See, this is the bullshit. This is the bullshit. I'm the type of guy that I'll go, Ah, man, I don't know if Cam Newton's gonna... I don't know if Cam Newton's gonna be that typical Heisman bust that has a lot of hype and does nothing. I actually think this one's gonna pan out. And now all of a sudden I become, Yeah, you're calling Heisman Trophy winners. That's really hard. It's kind of bullshit. It's bullshit. And now I'm standing up to myself. I'm standing up to the bully, Bill fuck off. I called Robinson Cano and I'm never giving anybody that. So I got a text message recently and it said, um, dude, five years ago you called Robinson Cano. You said something about Robinson Cano being Rod Carew. I thought you were nuts. He's the guy and everything like that. And you know what? I promised I'm never going to talk to Bill or other people I annoy with it about his numbers anymore. But dude, I called it and it's going to be A great day when that man goes to Cooperstown. Robbie, don't you know? Robinson, Cano, number 24, second baseman, New York Yankees. One of the best, maybe the best player on the team right now. Yeah, I said that. Maybe he's the best player on the team. Cause A-Rod's not on roids anymore, so he's become human. And, you know, Jeter's stacking up all these unbelievable, remarkable numbers and everything, but I'm just talking about the guy now who's going to just constantly have the average and the homers and the RBIs and stuff is is Cano. And I called it. Anyway, that was, uh, that's it. So Bill gave me shit on his podcast. He was trashing me about it, so I had to just say say my case, and I'll let it be at that. What else is going on? I saw the movie Ted last night, okay? The movie Ted last night was truly one of the funniest things that anybody will see on the big screen. If you liked... It is an absolute... Here's the review. You don't like to laugh and feel good. And you do not have a sense of humor if you don't go see Ted. It was one of the funniest things I have ever witnessed. I was crying multiple times during the movie... Seth MacFarlane absolutely delivered a comedy people have been waiting for. It is like a new standard in comedy. It was amazingly funny. Mark Wahlberg killed it and was hilarious in it. It was just insanely funny. Like, to the point where I'll probably see it three times in the theater. Crying. I mean, I don't want to give any scenes away, but the teddy bear comes to life. They get, you know, right from the beginning, and it was just absolutely hilarious. You know, potty mouth some things, yeah, some things, but it was really, really entertaining, fun to watch. It was even a really, a good story. Great, great movie. So original. If you like Family Guy, it was basically a a, a human version of Family Guy, but really, it was great. A must-see. An absolute must-see. Go see Ted, that's it. Oh, here's the unacceptable for the week were in the movie Ted last night. They were all selling out, and I didn't realize that the manager of the, the, the movie theater has the ability to open theaters, like when something's closed. So I went there thinking I was going to see a 1040 last night. That sold out. Then they're like, oh, but there's an 1136. We just opened another theater. There's an 1136 of Ted. So I'm five people away from the line, and all of a sudden they announce on the loudspeaker, the 1136 showing of Ted is now canceled. And there's a girl behind me, and she goes, You gotta be fucking kidding me! She's like, I drove from Danbury, Connecticut. It was sold out there. It's sold out here. And all of a sudden, the manager goes, Alright, that's alright. I'll move another one to another theater. We're gonna have an 11.37. A minute later. This guy just opened the theater. goes, A minute later, we're gonna have another one. So I get tickets for that, which was awesome. I mean, we had to wait about 50 minutes. But we go into this thing, and right when the coming attractions start... There is a baby screaming, no, probably like a three-year-old or a two-year-old, no, no, and like was getting really freaked out by the sounds. So then, like, the next coming attraction, ah, folks, when I tell you for 10 minutes of coming attraction, screaming to the point where everyone's turning around going, stop it, get him out of here, this is, like, it was almost child abuse. It was so bad that it was almost, the kid was begging and screaming to be out of there. I wanted, and and being a parent and having kids, I wanted to go there, and I was looking at him the whole time, I wanted to just go there and take the kids myself. So finally, people were telling, like, them inside, and then, like, right as the movie started, They got up, they left, and they got a refund, and the whole entire movie theater clapped. It was awesome. Unacceptable to bring a one two-year-old baby to a sold-out 1137 movie that's rated R? You fucking selfish bitch. It was some dumb girl. Just some stupid, just dumb, defiant cunt. That's what it was. That's the only word. That's what she was. She was a stupid, defiant idiot who had a baby screaming so scared to be in this packed room with all these strangers in the dark with loud speakers and loud... It was disgusting. It was despicable. Unacceptable for the week. You don't bring a baby to... First of all, you don't bring a little kid to a rated R movie number one. Okay, and even if the kid can't understand it, they're still going to hear, I mean, it was a one or two year old, maybe even two and a half, they're still going to hear the words fuck and shit and all that on a big loud surround sound. You know, little kids pick shit up. It was despicable, man. It was one of the worst things I ever seen. Unacceptable. It made me want to, just just a defiant part in me, like I wanted that girl, like whatever she was horrified about, I wanted somebody to lock her in a room and leave her there for an extra 15. Like the kid shouldn't even have been there for five minutes. She left him in there for over a half hour screaming. Picture a baby screaming in terror for, for literally probably 25 minutes. That's what it was. It was the worst thing ever. Unacceptable. That's unacceptable for the week. You don't bring your kids to the movies, little babies. to. And if you do, you bring them to a a matinee or a PG-13 in the afternoon. Not an 11.37 showing of a rated R movie of a teddy bear screaming fuck. (laughs) You don't do that. It's ridiculous. So they leave right when the movie starts and the whole theater claps. And the movie was just... The movie was the movie was so hilarious that I missed a lot. I missed a lot in the movie because I was laughing so hard. The movie theater was crying. It was it was hilarious. Um I think that this is going to be it's an instant classic comedy. There's no like this is like one of those movies that everybody will own Ted on DVD and I mean it's the type of movie where if you smoke weed Or you have a couple of beers and you just sit and watch. You'll be laughing your ass off. I mean, it's just that good. It was so awesome. Go see the movie, Ted. It was awesome. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. I don't know what else to say about a movie other than, like, it's an absolute must-see. And Mark Wahlberg, man, he's starting to get really good in comedies. He's, he's, He's funny. He was really good in it. All right. What else is going on? What else do we have to talk about here? Uh, that's it. Upcoming shows, everybody. Upcoming shows. I will be at the Stand Up New York in New York City, and pretty soon the Stand in New York City. So check check your local listings, everybody, on the Verzi, uh, the Verzi Effect, uh, Paul com for uh. Upcoming dates of the new comedy club in New York City on 20th and 3rd, The Stand. It's going to be a great comedy club. Those are coming soon. But for now, this Monday, I will be performing at Stand Up New York at 9 o'clock. I think on the 8 o'clock show. I think I'm going on at 9. but uh, The 8 o'clock show Monday at Stand Up New York. And then, um, this following weekend, I will be headlining July 5th and 6th at comics at Foxwoods Comedy Club in the Foxwoods Casino. That's Thursday and Friday. And uh, I guess Bill Bellamy's coming in on Saturday to do a one-nighter. That's why we're not there on Saturday. But I will be there with my good friend and the hilarious um, Adrian Appellucci from Last Comic Standing. Hysterical Um, She's one of my favorites. She's one of my closest friends in comedy. She's one of the funniest people in comedy. She really is one of the smartest and best writers out there. Uh, She'll be there with me July 5th and 6th, which is Thursday and Friday. Comics Comedy Club at Foxwoods Casino. It's a beautiful casino. Come out. Beautiful comedy club. Great food. And it's a great room, so I will be there next weekend headlining. Then the week after that, I will be back in uh, San Antonio on the other side of town at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, which is more of the uh, locals in town. I will be performing out there in Texas. Um, and then, um, I think that's pretty much it. I'm going to be uh, adding some uh, some new dates coming up on the... Uh, www.paulverzi.com website, so please check that, and um, I have some issues with iTunes that I'm going to resolve right when we upload this episode, number 67, thanks for your patience with last week, I'm going to try to make those, like I said, far and few between, but, you know, shit happens, so I had to, I just had to, you know, take care of it, what pisses me off is I don't know how long this iTunes thing has been going on, and I don't know if iTunes... Uh, People were not able to uh, listen to or download the other ones. I will find that all out. And again, I do apologize. If you've listened to every episode of the Versi Effect, all 67 of them, okay, definitely contact me and I will send you a t-shirt. I got medium, large, and extra large. They're cool t-shirts. They're white t-shirts and they have the TVE logo in the middle and it says the Versi Effect podcast under it and it's really cool, I will send you one right to your home, right from me to you, and say thank you for being loyal. You will get the first batch, and the next batch is coming out. I don't know if I'm going to change colors up, but um, the t-shirts are here, and they're also going to be available for sale um, on the website. That's also coming, so I got you guys, man, and I do appreciate it every time. I see the numbers go up. I'm saying people are either telling people or whatever. So thank you so much. And, um, you know, for other podcasts out there, man. You know what? Mine's going to be on Fridays. Go go check my friends' podcasts out. Um, Bill Burr's, obviously, the Monday Morning Podcast. Um, you know, listen to that one when he's fucking not trashing me. I actually, listen to him trash me. And then you could come back and listen to my rebut. Uh... Fixing Joe, Joe Mataris's podcast is uh, is a good one. Jim Florentine yelling at shit. the the Oh my God. Jim Florentine's podcast, he just basically complains about things. And I don't know if there's anything funnier than listening to Jim Florentine complain about something. It might be the funniest thing you've ever heard. Um, fucking really? It's fucking unreal. Fucking halftime. I got to listen to Madonna. It's an unbelievable Jim Florentine Impression? No, it's actually not. But I, I can get good at it when I practice. You know, it is what it is. What does, what does that mean? It's fucking weird. It's fucking unreal. Uh, his his go to Jim Florentine's podcast. I think it's uh, I don't know something midgets metal midgets or. I don't want to fuck it up. Hold on, I'm gonna try to find it right now. Oh, no, I can't. Just type in Jim Florentine Podcast um, and and listen to it because it's fucking hilarious. It's, it's one of the funniest things you could listen to with his voice complaining about something. i watch watching a game. It's fucking weird. You know, I don't care about the robot, the Fox robot doing calisthenics. I don't even watch that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <goes, he> <laughs> Um, yeah, there's just, there's a bunch of good podcasts, but basically what I'm saying is listen to mine on Fridays, the Verzi effect, and, uh, the floor is yours, guys, what do you want me to answer, I'm here for you, oh, good question, coming from Baltimore, um, she asked, all right, listen, everybody, go see Ted, email me what you thought of Ted, and if you want a free T-shirt, you have to have you have to either do or have had done one thing. You've either listened to all sixty-seven Versi Effect podcast episodes, or you will listen to all sixty-seven, and then contact me. And um, I, th- I bet you there's a handful of you guys out there that have listened to all of them. I think I got some loyal fans out there. I bet you there are. Um. And I will, I will definitely reward you loyalists. Um, and I got some announcements coming up, hopefully. But, you know, can't jinx anything. We'll see. We'll see what happens, everybody. But until episode number 68, this has been the Verzi Effect episode 67. We're at uh, 48 minutes here. And uh, I got to go because my wife... Has us going to a barbecue today at 2 o'clock. I'm trying to eat good and I'm trying not to drink. And all that's being put under my nose is donuts, pizza, booze, and now a barbecue today. Okay. This is not good for my psyche. It's fucking 100 degrees outside. And... I'm trying to lose weight and it's almost impossible with the people I'm around. You ever notice that the people that you're around dictate how you live your life as far as food? You know, like if you're around somebody doing drugs, that's really not going to dictate you if you're a strong, responsible person. You know, you'll just be like, dude, I don't do that shit, you know. Or people around you, all they do is smoke cigarettes. You're not going to do that because you just know better. But if you're sitting there and you can't go to another restaurant, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't, if three of your buddies go, oh, dude, we're going to, uh, you know, Tony's Pizza and Pasta. They got a killer fucking calzone. You're not going to be like, all right, man, I'm going to go run to that deli and go get some hummus, and I'll meet you guys back. No, you're going to sit with your boys, and you're going to eat, and you're going to eat a calzone, and you're going to dip it in sauce, and you're going to enjoy it while you're eating it, and then you're going to feel like the fat, disgusting tub of shit that you are afterwards, and then later you're going to curse your fat friends for being there. You're gonna ha- Here's what's going to happen. You're going to have a great time. You're going to talk sports, you're going to eat, you're going to laugh. And then later, you're going to go either home or meet up with your girlfriend or a family member and go, yeah, well, I'm fucking, you know, I'm trying to do good, but this fat asshole that I'm friends with always has to eat at this place. I didn't even want to eat at this place. It was disgusting. Meanwhile, you left. That's what people do. Yeah, let's just go to Dunkin' Donuts. We'll get a nice coffee. And just one donut's not going to kill you. One donut's fucking 650 calories. It's terrible. Last night, I wanted to have a salad. I wanted to eat, um... I wanted to eat like a like a, I don't know, a Greek salad or like a grilled chicken wrap, something like that. That's what I was in the mood for. And they ordered pizza. I'm in upstate New York with my family for the weekend because I'm off and I'm spending time with my family when I'm off. And uh, I'm doing some business stuff and I'm doing some writing. So I'm up here in the woods relaxing and enjoying it. And I wanted to eat good and they had pizza. And I'm like, should I go out? And everybody's sitting around eating this delicious pizza. And I have the keys in my hand. I'm like, I'm going to go grab something. I'm like, I'll have one little slice. I had a slice. Next thing you know, I'm just picking at the pizza all night. It's ridiculous. It's 2012. Can we just come out with a pill? Seriously, I just want a pill that you eat, you take a pill, and you always stay your weight no matter what you eat. You know, speed up the metabolism or whatever. You know what would happen, though? that people just start dropping, having heart attacks. And uh, that wouldn't be good. All right, that's it for this episode. 51 minutes. Go see Ted and um, tell me what you think. Thank you guys so much for listening. Diversity Effect Podcast is back. It is in full effect. I hope you guys are driving. I hope you guys are on the treadmill. Not being a fat bastard like I'm being this weekend. And I hope you guys are enjoying it because I do this shit for you. You, Mr. Mister Treadmill right now. You, woman in the car, saying, I'm going to listen to this guy, but as soon as he talks about sports, I'm changing it. Yes, you. I. That's who I do this for. I do this for the people. I do this for the people who love comedy. I do this for the people who support comedians doing podcasts and don't want to listen to, here's my number. So call me, maybe, I'm not going to lie to you, that song is the shit. I listen to that song, my son and I sing it together. I know it sounds fucking horrible, but it's actually fun, and we joke around, and um, I just confess something. No, I, there's you know that they only play in a rotation a certain amount of songs, 17 songs or something. It's the same thing. You go to the radio station, they play all the same hit songs, and that's it podcasts are the shit. It's radio from comedians just talking shit about everything and hopefully you guys relate to it. I do this for you. My wife and I recently had sex and uh, I don't know why I said that. But I'll tell you why I said that, because my daughter was born eight weeks ago, and I wasn't able to have sex for a very long time. And I just did recently, and I feel better. All right, I'm going to end there. That's the podcast, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And until 68, I will see you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I won't i will see you, because that would be weird if I did see you all during episode um, 68. But I will, you will hear me in a week on episode 68 thank you very much and uh, take care